0: Out of Austin, Texas, you're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean.
1: Hello. Hello, everybody. My mic keeps going in and out, so please forgive.
2: Sometimes callin' be buggy. So I'm going to run this um, this PSA briefly, and then I'll be right back with you.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Sheila, host of the Unsanctioned Citizen and that AI show. I wanted to share a little bit about the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program as part of the HRSA. If you or someone you know is suffering from the lasting effects of an illness or disability symptoms after taking a vaccine, please contact the Health Resources and Services Administration to learn more about the resources available to you that could help you and many others. For claims associated with the COVID-19 vaccine or other COVID-19-related countermeasures, please follow your request for benefits with the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program. Please visit injurycompensation.hrsa.gov to learn more and tell a friend.
2: Okay, we're back. Thanks everybody for attending, who's attending. So we're gonna be covering Not Pretty, how Sephora violated the California Privacy Act. So, here's a headline. CCPA settles with online retailer that failed to disclose sales of personal information and honor global privacy control opt-out requests. I'll just read this other headline. Sephora hit with $1.2 million fine in first CCPA enforcement. So, this is the first where they leveraged a fine. On August 24th, California Attorney General Rob Bonta announced a 1.2 million action against the personal care and beauty product giant, Sephora. Today's, uh, Today's settlement with Sephora makes it clear we will not hesitate to enforce the law. It's time for companies to get the memo, protect consumer data, honor their privacy rights, Bonta said in an online press conference addressing the Sephora CCPA fine. The kid gloves are coming off. My office will not hesitate to protect consumers. The enforcement action stems from Sephora's failure to disclose information about the sale of personal information, the lack of a do not sell my personal information button, and not honoring global privacy control signals, GPC signals. Sephora was provided with a 30-day right to cure, notice under the CCPA, and did not remedy the issues, thus leading to the enforcement action. The AG also published an updated enforcement example that can be found online, and the Sephora enforcement included are others that would be notified of a violation and took necessary steps to remedy the issue in a 30-day right-to-cure time frame. So according to JD Supra, here are some of the key takeaways from the Sephora CCPA fine uh, to help ensure CCPA compliance. The debate in the privacy world surrounding the requirement to honor GPC signals has been answered by the AG. With this enforcement action, it's clear that businesses must honor GPC signals, or the little button, um, from consumers and should ensure their websites are capable of receiving and honoring such requests. Additional information can be found online, and there is some work on the consumer side as well. In order to send a GPC signal, consumers must use a supported browser or extension and activate the signal. Um, Also, there are several cookie preference center solutions on the market that can honor the GPC signal, which is the Do Not Sell button. In the final judgment, the AG details that June of 2021 an enforcement sweep of large retailers kicked off in order to understand and determine whether a retailer continued to sell personal information when a consumer signaled, big red flag, and opt out via GPC signal. This was accomplished through using commercially available browser plugins. Traditionally, complaints drive enforcement. The loyalty program sweep of twenty twenty two hinted an actively enforcement arm that's bad English. An active enforcement arm. This enforcement confirms that the AG's office is actively searching for violators of the CCPA. Business ears should perk up. The website is the window to the privacy health of the business, and make sure it's ready for the AG or consumer review. Uh, it's not uncommon for a business to take the stance that they do not sell personal information in the traditional sense, like a, like a data broker as an example, and then refer customers to one or all of the industry preferences like your ad choices. While these services can provide consumers with additional choice, they do not meet the CCPA requirements um, and they're difficult to navigate. If you have ever tried to go down a your ad choices tree it is really, really tough. It's, it's a big journey. And if you're just trying to get in and get out, um, I'm going to make a holistic recommendation that I think is, is timely because the FTC is taking comments and uh, they've got their program ready, their public program ready for air. They're getting it booked, ready for civil society for viewing on September 8th. I'll be sending you some reviews, probably this weekend, I'm gonna be prepping for that. So, September 8th is the big go-go date in terms of like a live seminar where we review the American Privacy Act and, uh, or what would be the American Privacy Act. And so there's, there's stuff in there that would be a GPC and you could do things like do not sell my information or reject all when it comes to cookies. Those are the kinds of things that you can you can ask about. Um, and so those are the kinds of recommendations you're going to be taking because if you don't want someone to see or sell your information just because you visit a website, um, you should be able to say so. It's not their, really their information to sell, is it? Just because they can collect it doesn't mean they have the right to sell it, on and on. So the whole nature of the business and the business agreement that you make by doing one click uh, is under review. So that's what they call commercial surveillance, and your part to play in it is kind of blunted. It's a blunt object for you. You get one button and it's submit. And that's not good enough. It's not going to be good enough going forward. So. This 30-day right to cure for businesses expires on January 1 of 2023 for any violation other than a breach under the CCPA, or the California Privacy Protection Agency, takes the enforcement reins on July 1 of 2023. Businesses have been provided with time to comply and even a 30-day warning. So let's kick back to the other settlement news from Davis Wright Tremaine. So what what they were whacked for was... uh, Failure to disclose sales of personal information and honor the global privacy control opt-out request. So the OAG alleged that Sephora violated the CCPA by failing to disclose to consumers that it was selling personal information, allowing third-party companies to install tracking software on Sephora's website and in Sephora's app so that third parties could monitor consumers as they shopped. So that's the, other, that's the other part of this. The OAG also alleged that Sephora failed to honor requests consumers made to opt out of the sales via a global privacy control mechanism. The OAG noted that Sephora had been given 30 days to cure, but failed to do so, which we already covered. In its announcement about the settlement, the OAG emphasized the need for online retailers to take responsibility for those third-party cookies and install cookies and other tracking mechanisms such as cookies, pixels, and software development kits on their websites and apps, noting that some of the software makes personal information available to these third parties in ways that constitute a sale of personal information under the CCPA. Okay, here, by allowing third parties to install these technologies on its online properties, Sephora made this information available to these third parties, who, in turn, use those trackers to collect consumers' personal information for the purpose of creating profiles about the consumer. So people you don't know, if you were on Sephora, were making profiles about you, and even if you objected, and even if you did your part, they still got to do that because Sephora didn't didn't honor your request so during that certain amount of time so for instance the oag noted in the complaint that one widely used analytics and software package that Sephora installed allowed an analytics provider to collect personal information about shoppers habits and activities identify those who those shoppers were by matching the information with data collected from other sources and provide Sephora with valuable information about the shopper so that Sephora could target the shopper on analytics providers other networks so outside of Sephora they're like okay well we'll just use the information we gather here to target you in another store outside of Sephora that isn't Sephora and then you'll be like where did you get this why are you stalking OAG explained that Sephora's relationships with these third parties met the definition of sale under their Cal- California Civil Code section blah 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 because <laughs> Sephora gave companies access to consumer personal information in exchange for free or discounted analytics and advertising benefits. So there it is the freemium the freemium the freemium will get you every single time so let's go let's move on I'm so sorry don't shop at Sephora if you're if you're worried about it so that's where you become the product etc so our next news item is that Musk Elon Musk has now levied a legal parry to subpoena Twitter's whistleblower so I just want to go over touch on that briefly According to Barron's, Elon Musk's lawyers subpoenaed the former Twitter head of security who has accused the social media firm of misleading regulators. CNN and the Washington Post reported last week that the former security chief Peter Zatko filed a whistleblower complaint with the Securities, the SEC, the Securities and, Cha- and Exchange Commission, alleging that Twitter deceived its board and federal authorities about vulnerabilities to hackers and its efforts to fight spam. Those claims provided Musk with fresh gunpowder in the billionaire's legal battle to get out of his $44 billion deal to acquire Twitter. Musk's lawyers are seeking documents related to the effect of false spam accounts on Twitter's business operations, among other requests, according to the court filing. The lawyer subpoenaed Twitter co-founder Jack Dorsey earlier this month. Quote, this is a major shot across the bow as Musk camp quickly realized the Zatko whistleblower claim is a gift that gives them a leg to stand on out heading into the Delaware courts. Wedbush analyst Dan Ives told Barron's via email Zatko is in a situation that is a potential game changer depending on where this heads over the coming months. Okay, so from what I could see, there was also a headline that indicated that he's going to delay by a month. Musk is going to delay this by a month so he can gather information. So Twitter declined to comment on the subpoena. A spokesperson told Barron's last week that Zatko's allegation and opportunistic timing appear designed to capture attention and inflict harm on Twitter, its customers and shareholders. Now, I don't feel, I'm a a Twitter customer, I, I'm not sure if I'm a, a customer, I, I'm the product. Who Who is the Twitter customer in this case? Probably the ad people. So Zatko didn't immediately respond to a request he can comment. Um, Twitter stock was down 0.2% uh, to 40, $40.38 in a Monday afternoon trading, that was yesterday. Um, the company is suing Musk to force him to go ahead with his earlier agreement to buy the firm for $54.20 a share, he's got it down to $44, if he does it at all. Um, the spread between that price and Twitter's current levels implies a solid skepticism from traders. Yes, because risk, because risk. So um, let's, let's move on to the next idea. So the FBI also responded to a claim of coercing Facebook into labeling uh, the Biden laptop disinformation. I just wanted to, you know, kind of drop that in there because, <laughs> because the FBI is so under underrepresented. Uh, but I just, you know, just know what they said. Okay, in a statement provided to Fox Business, the agency said that it had provided companies with foreign threat indicators to help them protect their platforms and customers from abuse by foreign malign influence actors. The FBI will continue to work closely with federal, state, local, and private sector partners to keep the public informed of potential threats, but the FBI cannot... (laughs) This is what they said. The FBI cannot ask direct companies to take action on information receives the FBI said does that mean they didn't do it I don't know but that's what they told us that's what they're saying in their PR meta also said that Zuckerberg's remarks to Rogan were not fresh news as we've said nothing about the Hunter Biden laptop story is new below is what Mark told Senator Johnson in October 2020 And when Mark told Joe Rogan this week, the FBI shared general warnings about foreign interference, but nothing specific about Hunter Biden, the company wrote on Twitter, along with a video of Zuckerberg's 2020 questioning by Republican Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. So just in case you were wondering what they were saying, that's what they said. Um... (laughs) All right, and to wrap this up, I just wanted to add a novel thing. So I got a notice in my mailbox that PayPal confirmed you've been selected to apply for a PayPal business cashback MasterCard. So they would like for me to apply for a business cashback Mastercard line with zero annual fee, which means it's going to be really high interest. What could possibly go wrong? The first time I buy a T-shirt from the Julian Assange, you know, Freedom Fund or the WikiLeaks bookstore, I'm going to get cinched. You know, can you think of anything else that would basically choke my uh my PayPal business cashback Mastercard? Um. How about when I uh, apply for like free to bet, or you know, donate to the wrong pack, wrong pack USA, and then I would just be summarily choked because they have an ESG program or something. I know, or somebody in the uh, the Twitterati like hitman universe decides, well, today because she said banana, she's racist. And suddenly, if I said banana for the last 10 years on Twitter, someone would decide that's suddenly grounds for being racist. Hence, let's choke and deplatform everything you do. Am I wrong? Call in. Let me know if I'm just barking up the wrong tree. How, How could this go my way? All right, we've got Nate. Owen and Joshua in the room. Does anybody want to call in? Because otherwise I'm gonna just keep going. Can anyone hear me? If you can just indicate by throwing up like one of the hand signals that you can hear me, because I know that you're there. (laughs) Okay. Alright. Let me see if there's any comments. No comments. All right, so I'm gonna to move to the next item if there is any. Okay, so there's an upcoming WeRobot 2022 program. It's a conference um, put together in Seattle at University of Washington. And there is a prediction as defamation panel. Is predictive AI asserting a fact or expressing an opinion? So I thought that that was pretty interesting, Um, regulating the risks of AI, Uh, the safety paradoxes, reimagining safety as a regulatory objective for robotics and AI system legislation, algorithmic rulemaking versus algorithmic guidance, tales from the sausage factory, three case studies on state legislation regarding robots. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Steamboat accidents and their lessons for AI governance, which I think is pretty cool. So there's a whole uh, program there. It's We Robot 2022, and uh, I'll just drop it in uh, the program on Saturday for that AI show, which will be airing kind of in proxy here on the unsanctioned citizen. Oh, hey, there's Nate. Hey, Nate, you can talk if you unmute your mic. Are you speaking, Nate? (laughs) We can't hear you if you are speaking. All right, let me try again. All right, we're going to try again. Go ahead, Nate. Dang, what's going on with the microphones? So if you could just add a chat in the chat box and let us know what you're trying to say or if you're trying to speak. Sometimes this app is buggy. Alright. Well, he left. (laughs) He left the room altogether. I think sometimes those those connections are getting choked. So let's try to invite some more people. See if the sound quality gets any better. Does anybody want to jump up here for a test? Hey, Owen. Oh, there! Nate! Come on back.
3: Okay, is this better?
2: Oh my gosh, we can hear you.
3: So Fantastic. It's not, it's not just the, it's something to do with the app and also with, uh, depending on like where you route the audio because the only time this has happened is when I've had it going to like Bluetooth, like say like Bluetooth connected like room speakers mm-hmm. and then trying to switch it to AirPods. So anyway, I don't think it's on your end. I think it's on mine. um, But one of the things you said earlier that struck a chord was um, just talking about I mean hearing about cookies and the options that websites currently right. give you and what a joke it is. In fact, just earlier today, just a couple hours ago, I was speaking with a friend of mine, a good friend, and he's he's a little bit older. Um well I say older relative to me, so he's and <laughs> his I don't exactly don't want to insult anybody, uh listening. So he's uh I'm forty two. He's in his uh, mid to late fifties ish timeframe. And, uh, so for, I mean, it's confusing for somebody. I mean, I, I grew up with computers. I, uh, and when I say grew up, I mean, I was, you know, as a kid, I was building them and, and, uh, I mean, grew up at least from the age of like 13 or 14 on. And, uh, so even, even growing up with it, it's incredibly confusing And not like I'm some master of all things technical, but I feel like if it's hard for me, if it's difficult for me to understand or navigate, it's got to be next to impossible for the majority of older Americans. And really just probably a majority of, I mean, people, it's either too difficult for them to navigate or they don't care. So I think that's that's enough for these companies to think it's okay to sort of uh, make – our information into, um, you know.
1: Uh oh. oh let me let me
2: give you some information. Let me let me give you some information, Nate. Uh, the 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 moment that they decided to make the decided to make surveillance a commodity, um, they went to work um, with investors and investment firms on how to kind of. Tree line or discourage people from using uh, consumer options because they knew at some point people would get wise to the fact that there's no privacy involved in any of this. And once that came out, people would demand options because they're Americans, they're accustomed to having common law privacy rights, and the tacit environment where there's zero conventions to to, to manage their their, the information that they own, the information that they are contributing in large scale to these platforms, um, then more more legal lawsuits and stuff like that. So the way that they mitigate it is by, by, with these weird half measures, these overcomplicated half measures. And when I say that, what I mean is that they developed like a tree of nonprofits, like like a nested nonprofit tree. That was actually built and constructed by the marketing and advertising uh, NGOs.
3: So, is it a way of for them to launder the information? Essentially, is that working? well? No,
2: I mean there was already an information laundry to get it to become profitable. That's a totally separate. Um, that's a separate bag of goo. Uh, this particular one is just to nest and kind of, kind of get you to. cook go down this path and try to seek out an ad choice. Okay, they, they did the ad choices for years. They have options, ad choices. Okay, uh, and the, okay. right, okay, but if you ever tried to do ad choices, and I'm a pretty persistent person, I mean, you'll spend like a couple hours trying to get to the bottom of your ad choices tree for one site, and nobody has that kind of time.
1: Well, nobody.
3: I mean, just going on to any site, when you get the cookies pop-up, mm-hmm. I can't think of a single website that I've gone to where when I've got that pop-up, maybe maybe one, literally, where it, was, it gave me a choice to completely opt out. Um, most of them are confusing. They might lead you to an excessively complicated end-user agreement that unless you are a legal scholar... Um, or understand contract law you're not going to to really understand fully
2: so here's a rule of thumb if it's longer than five pages like if it's in like you know 20 30 50 pages and you're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling don't do not engage just back out because that's not going to be a fair agreement that's an international compact. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as an intro, I guess, how can it,
3: how can it, it, it's sort of, um, how can that be legal if the, if the uh, sort of uns, not unspoken, but sort of it's the understood, the implied uh, knowledge is that it's too long, like TLDR. And I think that applies especially for those agreements. So if, most, if the vast majority are in agreement that nobody is reading them because nobody has time uh, and it's too complicated, then how can they be legally valid? If that's if if the people who are writing, constructing these contracts, using these contracts to gather your information and then commodify, how can those be legal? It seems like well, 30... well they do.
2: They do a combination of both. They will beg, borrow, rob, steal. To get this information, Facebook did it for years. They manipulated language within their own terms of service, violated their own terms of service, which put them in leak. And then they did it repeatedly. And then, because they could just write a check, they were making so much money that they would just they would just write a check, and um, in in lieu of their next battery of violations. Okay, so uh, essentially. Yeah. What this became was a bribe mill, a way to finance like the FTC or the state AG's offices to continue to violate privacy, which is something I've said for years. And it is not, there's nothing like going in to, to offer a compliance uh, service to a small business and then they just kind of shrug their shoulders and and more or less be kind of smug and say, well, I'm just going to write a check, I'm just going to write a check to the regulators I don't need you.
3: Well, and if there, if that became standard practice, it is standard
2: practice. It's standard practice right now. uh, That's so. It's so disgusting because. And and that's why I have a radio program, man. Because like, and this is why I'm telling you to to please engage the FTC during the public input, and let them know this is not, you know, commercial surveillance is, is not for you.
3: I I guess I. You know, I knew it was bad, but I didn't know it was this bad. I guess I Mm -hmm. can sum it up as saying because because if they're paying like up front, like, oh, yeah, we can anticipate we're going to break all of these laws again for the, you know, the 50th quarter in a row. um, Then how can that be? It's just like, how can that be legal? It seems like that is. Well, no, now you're just conducting. uh, You're just
1: conducting
2: fascism you know oh, and really? that's I'm, yeah yeah I'm and really that's like why that. there were these you know horse and pony rodeo shows where you know zuckerberg or any of the many technology heads would get up in front of congress and some of them would overtly pander to to these tech heads while they were sitting right there in front of them in congress and then the other people would light them up but you know, all a large majority of them are getting dollars, lobby dollars, PAC dollars from the tech companies. That doesn't necessarily corrupt them as an interest, but it indicates that they're they're trying to get influence to keep these people in Congress that have kind of kept it going. They need and, that
3: PAC money. They need that. Power. They, need... they need that reelection. They need that reelection money. So <laughs> come
2: on. Uh, right. come well, on. in some cases, some of those those legislators have actually been an advocate when the governments come after them unduly, like during the NSA crises, um, when they went after data, private data inside their you know proprietary data, and when foreign governments attack their interests, like for instance, if if uh, China went hold hog. And attack their infrastructure. Um, they would need legitimate defense, so maybe they would. They would, you know. Plus, they need to get some buy-in with the defense industry and keep that those lines fluid for other weird reasons. Um, so, uh,
3: oh, just, oh, so in the event that the defense and in, in the event that a three-letter agency just uh-huh. happens to really need some information from somebody, right. and they
2: know they can get it. They just what? buy it from the the field, and they buy it from Amazon. They buy it from all of them. Right. Um, and, so but, gonna... you know, they also get foreign governments who buy it from them as well. So, I mean, it's just gross. It's just so nasty. Was, I wanted to ask you about this. I'm just going to few... put you up in the speakers. We've got a little bit of time you. left. Hang on just a second. Okay. And then we're going to invite – we're going to make Josh the next caller. Whoa!
1: Hey Joshua. I
0: like, hello. I like how there's a hierarchy now that you can establish um here. Um I also like how when the tech execs go up before Congress, like they often look like Beaker from the Muppets. Um <laughs> questions. Um Bill Gates looks like Mr. Burns. Uh Jack Dorsey looks like where's Waldo. Um But definitely Zuckerberg has got that beaker look, where it's like I I I know not what like a fascist beaker, um, which is an interesting look on a beaker or a muppet.
1: You know, I
2: I think he's got kind of a weird preternatural look. You know, like he's got like those dark eyes. You know, and I'm sure you've seen the, the horror flicks where basically the, the black eyes just cover the entire eyes. I think when he's hacking, you know, the, the dark eyes, the, the iris just spreads, and he becomes one giant iris over both eyes.
0: The eye of Sauron, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, or, yeah. It's, it's not good, It's it, uh, but uh, at least it gives us something to talk about. Hmm. Uh, and uh, so I appreciate it today. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> last night was rough, and I'm just weeding my R- way. Rough
2: how? It. Like like?
0: I went you... to dinner with a lawyer friend of mine. And, oh, uh, a lawyer. <laughs> yeah.
2: what, what kind <laughs> of lawyer?
0: Uh, a Did defense, he... an indigent, an indigent defense lawyer. If you can believe it, not my lawyer. No, uh, I mean
2: I believe that they, that there can be indigent lawyers. They take up too many causes and don't get paid.
0: Well, yeah, that's what he does in a rural community, uh, but uh, he, he'll probably never pay back his school loans. So, uh, but there's a lot of them. There, there,
2: Believe it or not, there are a lot of them. Lawyers. Yeah, lawyers who take Al- up too many causes and never get paid.
0: Yeah, they also take up alcohol, like uh, and uh, so do like most salespeople. I think it's not really what I was homes. what I was
2: going for. Oh, it was really going bad. for. The, Real- I can attest to that. As a salesperson,
3: uh, I can say he is correct. Just uh, with the people that I've met, yes, that's true. So, well well observed, sir.
0: Well, thank you for calling me, (laughs) sir. I'm going to sign off now so you can finish out your show. Why, thank you. I think Sheila has muted herself. Um, So, uh,
2: Sheila.
3: I had over here. Uh-oh.
2: I had some. I'm sorry. I had some brief technical difficulties over here. It wasn't anyone's fault. Um, it was great to
3: have hold the show down for those ten seconds. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. That not <laughs> great. <would say>. No,
2: <laughs> I don't always like to, to just convey I'm having a moment, uh, but sometimes those are the kinds of things. Does, so, does anybody want to comment or talk about the uh, the PayPal Business Cashback Mastercard with zero percent annual fee and interest? Because I think that's a trap. <laughs> that's a sanctions trap. <laughs> like I said, the first the first time I make a you know free to bed payment or a or a uh, a payment to the WikiLeaks like you know free Julian Assange store, I'll get cinched.
3: Well, you think of all the different ways that that information can be used against you, and it really just depends.
2: They don't you let know? you know. You're just like you wake up one day and you're deplatformed because you said the word banana, and banana is the racist word of the day. <laughs> hey. Oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs>
3: it's, it's bought and sold. That information is going to be bought and sold until somebody doesn't like it. And with the amount of hands it seems to be going through, it, it seems like it's kind of inevitable that that's going to happen to most people, right? Because anybody who lives and just consumes a myriad of products, I mean... It's um you know, well, well like
2: you went to bed that night thinking banana was banana and then when you woke up in the morning banana was racist like how Assume could a fruit it... be racist but you know what i've seen more absurd things happen over the last 2 years that were exactly exactly that
3: twitter so that, that, has a way of doing that
2: yeah like so if you have a twitter account that's integrated with like square and square is linked somehow you know they they have some sort of handshake with like PayPal, and I have like some sort of cashback Mastercard. If, if I go to buy a coffee with my colleague, you shall not you shall not pass.
3: <laughs> it so, t- well.
2: It's already t- happened. It, that's the kind absolutely. of shit that's already happened with uh with the pettiness. Okay, here comes Joshua. See, this is why it's fun. We got four minutes left in this cast. Who,
0: who, who do you, can you afford coffee? Um, do you have a business with this? Oh,
2: you are robo. You are super slow robo right now.
0: Yeah. Um, do you have colleagues that want to have coffee with you? Because you wanted, I think you're In affecting the, the, the task. You can make me sound dumb like you're <laughs>
2: I don't know. Some days it's just calling. Hey, Lindsay. I was on Lindsay's show earlier. Um, okay, so, so l- I just Lindsay Lindsay wanted to would say. Have
0: a call, go ahead. A coffee with me. Well, Lindsay no, 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 would have no, no, a coffee I mean, with
2: me. Yeah, Lindsay would have a coffee with me, and then maybe a couple people in the radio business might might have a coffee with me.
0: Yeah, and then I would, maybe yeah, you would definitely get canceled for racism after that coffee. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs>
2: Racist coffee.
0: Mm. Yes. Uh, anyway. Uh, you're a competitor.
2: I'm... Racist coffee.
0: <laughs> and you're competing with other radio programs now. Are, of course. I mean, are you getting are you getting ads for all of our content? Like, are we going to get royalties because we're bringing ad oh, revenue? No, man. I
2: mean, it might be time to start brokering an agent and you know getting after me. Um. But at the moment, we're still in what, 67 days of Colin, 66 days of Colin. I, I didn't oh. put today's date on it. Um, but it's we're in the 60s of Colin, 68 days of Colin. So if I can just get, just get get myself to influencer numbers, then that will be good, and then I'll I'll flip back to doing my periodic with my other outlets, and then I can start commanding cash i am is to become a talk
0: celebrity to influencer.
2: Well, not celebrity, just just effective enough so that you know there can be some line of income. I can monetize the show, keep it going, advance the outreach, and then you know this is how the pro activists are are trying to get it done. You know, they gotta gotta keep the the microphone reach growing, and then you reach more people and then you become your subject matter expert you know keep the activism going keep the keep the writing going keep all that stuff going get it monetized somehow somehow and then um and then you know try to get some some books hey if anybody would like to buy privacy is a spider you can go to shilamdean.com and get your copy today for $2 so is it I the one copy like-
0: is it for the whole copy?
2: There are two yeah. there are a couple of ebooks up there and and you can you can buy either one for a couple bucks. It's a comic book.
1: Well
0: as soon as I get my but PayPal credit card in the mail, I might go <laughs> up
2: and give <laughs> Hey Nate, would you like to buy a copy of Privacy is a Spider?
3: Well now that you mention
2: it, actually I have been
3: in the market for <laughs> a book on privacy Wait, would and you
2: would you I mean I I happen to have a book on the market about privacy
3: do you where could I learn more information about that book
2: well please attend Sheila dot com it is five o'clock we have done it another successful newscast the unsanctioned citizen come back tomorrow around this time we will be here uh... during our hundred days of column and I appreciate everyone who has attended thank you
3: thank you Sheila
2: have a good day
0: Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access Unsanctioned
1: Citizen Podcast our Substack.